Hello, thanks for tuning into this episode. Before we start, Fintech Focus TV is brought to you by Harrington Star, global leaders in financial technology recruitment. Head to the Harrington Star website and check the links below so you can download the latest copy of the Financial Technologies magazine. And also, we've got the TradFi and DeFi Era of Convergence documentary coming up. If you're interested in the merger of the two, please get in touch. Thanks a lot and enjoy the show. And welcome to another episode of Fintech Focus TV with me, Toby Babb. I am absolutely thrilled today to talk to a company I've been finding a lot about over the last month or so and introduce you a really interesting person. It is Curtis Evans from Jacoby Strategies. Curtis, how are you? Hi, Toby. Very well. Very well. Listen, lovely to have you in here. Thanks so much for making the trip across. We had a long chat probably about you know, four or five weeks ago about the company. I've been looking into it a lot ever since, hearing great feedback from the guys who, who've been working with, uh, with you. And we've got a great business um, that, you're, that you're, you're building here and there's loads and loads to unpack on it. It's a, an international business all over the world um, and I'm excited to find out a little bit more about it. We're going to go into lots of different bits about what you do and the problems you're solving and, and you know, your funding and growth after, after that as well. But before we get into the reads of it all, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Well, um, as you can tell, I've got an Australian accent so I started my career back in Australia about 20 years or so ago. I uh, started as an economist, so looking at sort of financial markets. I eventually transitioned all over to Europe um, and into asset management, so worked at a lot of big investment companies for many years. And I guess um, while I was in the investment world, I was always experiencing technology and I always felt like technology was both the uh, enabler and the disabler at the same time. There was a lot of sort of frustration. Um, so when Tony, the CEO and founder, was initially playing with the idea of, of this company, Jacoby. I remember seeing him at a barbecue in London only um, well, six or seven years ago. That's 15 now. years Aussie, isn't it? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's where the good ideas come from. Um, and we were talking about it. He was showing me the, the specs on an iPad, and I was like, yes, that is exactly what the industry needs. So. I chomped at the bit to, to and join that's, the that's company. that's literally where it came from. And where was it at that stage? Was it it was an inkling? It was a it was an existing business. It was his plan, or yeah. So Tony Tony had been working at one of the big investment groups in Australia as kind of the chief strategist in, in multi assets. Had a you know, very sophisticated investment position there, and I think the, the pain point that he was seeing, and it was interesting because I was seeing the same point pain point, but from the other side of the world, was that. Um, they were needing to increasingly customise investment solutions and portfolios for sort of big institutional clients, mm. but there was not really any technology around to help them mm. get that to scale. Um, and so that was kind of the initial pain point that Jacoby sought to solve. So can we come up? Come from, right? Yeah. So can we come up with technology that helps big investment groups to get more scale into their custom processes? Because I think I think I said this to you when we first spoke that there's been a, a traditional dearth of, of good technology within investment management for, for, for decades. And I think I mentioned to you that a couple of years ago I'd been to a CTO panel within the investment management space and they were they were um, they were yearning for innovative companies to come out of the uh, the woodwork and, and asked me to help you know basically do a beauty parade of companies within that space. And it was a really, really interesting dinner that we had and then you know speed pitching that, that went through. But it was really difficult to find businesses that were moving the needle and answering some of the many, many problems that had into it. And I think it being traditionally a business or a business sector, an area 
that have been quite backwards in terms of its investment and, and adapt, adoption of technology. And I think over the last five years or so, we've seen that really sp- speed up and we've seen a lot of interesting solutions come into the space. What have you guys found in that, that sort of thing? Has, it been, has there been an appetite for that to come out? Well, definitely. Um, I mean, we've, we've brought on some very large clients in the last few years and that's a testament to there being the demand there. You know, Absolutely. there is a need. And I think when you go and look in a lot of these big investment groups, what you find is there's a huge cottage, cottage industry of in-house building of yeah, tools, absolutely. systems. And, and, you know, there's very good reasons for that um, because there's just not a quite neat plug-and-play out-of-the-box third-party vendor solution for mm. them. Or where you do get the traditional vendors coming in, and, you know, there's a lot of great traditional vendors out there that do a lot of great things, but there's still a lot of other stuff that happens has to happen around the edges. And I think that's where Jagobi's really seen a massive space and a bit of a dearth. Um, you know, we think of ourselves as really complementing a lot of these big, bombastic, robust technologies that you'd hear about in the market. Mm. And in some ways, our biggest competitor is that kind of in-house belief, oh, we'll just get a few quants in the corner and a, yeah, yeah. a couple of coders to just plug around the edges. Yeah, There's a lot more risk around that as well, isn't there? More traditionally. Definitely. And I think that's um, the FCA has shone the spotlight on this. So put yeah. a lot more pressure on governance, governance of processes. So you know, in the past, I think investment groups are quite happy to kind of sponsor a quant team and get quants developing models and you know there's a huge amount of innovation coming from that. But you know, having quants code in the corner in the absence of like infrastructure and proper governance around that is is a huge risk in, in today's mm. age. So we're seeing, um, I guess, a big trend that we're playing into is you're seeing groups really think about how do they kind of still encourage that innovation? They still want their quants to code, but how can they code in a, in a better environment? Yeah, and I think that, that sort of support for that through technology um, and you know, the word that keeps on coming out again and again over the last couple of years has been that interoperability uh, and the ability to, you know, to utilise more tech and to make it you know, seamless and friction-free for the end users. I'm interested in the fact that you sort of immediately took that from, you know, from being, I guess, the inside man and seeing that sort of thing, saying, right, from the other side of the world, I'm seeing the same, the same sort of issue. One of the interesting things for me about uh, financial technology businesses is they can have great solutions to problems which they felt on a micro basis. What made you recognise this was bigger than a micro basis problem that can come out as a great idea to you know, one or two people but never have the investment and the buy-in? Because it's not easy selling to investment managers at scale, certainly the larger ones, um, and, and you know, it needs to have something there that increases productivity, um, reduces cost, uh, increases efficiency, etc., etc., reduces friction. There's a there's a sort of uh, format of key tick boxes that are looking for from it. Tell us how you fall into that category to not only just be doing well, but to be you know, signing up some of the biggest companies in the space. Well, I think where we get success is where a big company is really thinking from the top down, architecturally, about their mix of systems. Too often in the past, and this, this is kind of not just an investment management industry phenomenon, but often in big groups, what happens with technology is you, you build systems in response to the people and the way you've designed your teams. And that's kind of great in isolation, but when you add that up, everything's disconnected. What's interesting about Jacoby is we don't really work like that or our technology isn't designed just to be used by one investment team. Well, you could, but you're kind of missing out on the real benefits. Mm. And one of the big things that we promote with our technologies is used by these big investment teams to capture their custom processes. But they can simultaneously use Jacoby to then engage with their clients. So this concept of, of dynamic engagement with the clients of big investment groups. And too often in the past, 
big investment groups have treated that as a client reporting challenge, you know, pretty boring, here's a two-dimensional report. So we're trying to sort of break that, I guess, um, I guess that culture in the industry around, you know, don't just have investment technology that starts and ends in the investment team. You've got to think about how this kind of rolls out sort of enterprise-wide mm. and how you can really bring your clients on the inside, get your clients closer to the, the investment sort of part of yeah. the organisation. That makes massive sense, doesn't it? And, and uh, yeah, so, so we've, got, we've got a business there that's, uh, that's come from a, an idea around a barbecue that's prompted excitement that sort of uh, you know, changed your life to an extent in, in, in that sort of uh, basis. The business is uh, starting to move well. We have COVID-19 come up in 2020 and the world changes a, a little bit. Um, tell us about how you've been able to thrive as a company through that, that sort of period. And, and I guess companies that have thrived through that period have been the ones who've added real value to it. So tell us about your story through, through that sort of time. I think, um, I think like anyone, we saw that initial kind of knee-jerk, just let's stop doing everything. I think at that point, everyone was just try, basically trying to get their Zoom working at home <laughs> and making sure their Wi-Fi was sufficiently fast. So we definitely what saw... Slack. I was learning yeah, Slack very exactly. quickly. <laughs> so we saw probably a few months where things, you know, the, the new opportunities for us as a business just, just slowed. Yeah. Um, but I think six months in, any kind of digital project in these big groups is like, hang on, we, we've got to get a bit more serious on this. So we definitely saw a huge pickup probably six to 12 months in because these innovation strategies and these big investment groups really came to the fore. You know, they, they could sort of, having people work remotely, you know, or too many systems were still tied to individual PCs mm. or individual PCs at the bottom of the uh, basement of, yeah. of an investment firm and then people are sort of VPNing in. But um, yeah, so we definitely saw a, a sort of big pickup um, post, post, I guess, the initial shock of COVID. And, and so when you're de- dealing with that and there is that pickup, how did you position yourselves as a company that's sort of emerging at that time? And spread, you're, 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 uh, you're in the UK, um, there's offices out in the States, there's offices in Australia. It's, it's, you know, as I said at the start, it's a, it's a very much global uh, business and spread you know, across all, all of those sort of areas. Tell us about how you were able to accelerate the knowledge of Jacoby out into the marketplace at that time. I'd say it's pretty hard to to be honest because I think the industry is quite closed. You know, it's quite a clubby relationship industry. Um, I personally had a lot of contacts, but you exhaust them within about a month. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, so, so I, but you know, we've been persistent. You know, we we know that these problems exist in these large groups. We try and check in. We we've, we've tried to put a bit of emphasis on some of the thought leadership and sort of content around the problems that we're solving. Mm. You know, I think to some extent that's resonated, particularly at the, the, the higher levels of these organisations where they're looking at these big themes and they're thinking, we need, we need to do something mm. here. And, ha- and ha- within that, and you're talking about big, we need to do something and, you know, the clients who you've engaged with successfully and, and are embedded into their business, what's, what's some of the feedback from those companies? What's some of the case studies there of saying, right, we had this problem and now look at us go? What's, what's the benefits that you guys have been able to create for your customers? Well, I think for a lot of our clients what previously may have been a specific tool that sat on an individual person's desktop suddenly gets industrialized so it's used by everyone in the team Mm. and the team next door Mm. and so you can take something and that could be intellectual property as well that's the unique thing about Jacoby each of our clients get their own private deployment version of the software it's completely ring fenced and they can code and develop their own tools onto the platform so then they start developing something and then suddenly they can reap the full benefit from their own intellectual property. Mm. So I think we've seen some really sort of 
great wins there where we've taken something in an investment group that was quite specific, quite clunky. It might have taken, you know, six hours to run, plus you needed Jeff or Sally to be in the office for it to run, yeah, yeah. into something that's actually click of the button and can actually be run by teams outside of that central team. So that's been, I think, where we've seen some great successes. And that's efficiency, productivity. Reduction of friction—it's all that—it's all, all those key areas, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's so. Really, the the payoff for Jacoby for big investment groups is certainly the efficiency and the product productivity, mm. which I think of as a more defensive sort of thing. Governance is also the other thing, course, you know, yeah. risk management, as in just making sure your processes are more That's robust. Point, yeah. And then, lastly but not least, new business potential because you're getting clients closer to the investment heart of an organisation, yeah. which naturally means that they're engaging better, they've got better transparency, you know, so for the investment groups it means means more business. That's a great point. Uh, I think, yeah, you, I've, I've often thought there's a, there's a lot of similar similar things when, you, when you're looking at the formula for, the, for businesses that are succeeding at the moment. But that, that element of, uh, of risk reduction and governance, as you say, is, is critical. But also that bit there about how does it make you, you know, win more business and get closer to the customers and that UI... You know, part of it is is such an important aspect which businesses need to, you know, particularly in a space there where it's so important that you've got you're building relationships with your customers and, and getting that stickiness. It's uh it's it's you know it's great that you can have technology that can really bring that uh, further forward as well. We're moving through this uh this COVID period uh, and you thrived and and managed to uh you know to to, to sign up some incredible companies and, and add real value to your, to your customer base. There's been some really interesting stuff that's happened to the business of late as well, where you've uh, where you've raised funding, uh, and it takes us on to the next sort of uh, scale of growth for, for for the business. Tell us about what that looks like uh, and what it means first and foremost for your customers, because I've spoken to you about this before. I know how excited you are about the uh, the business and where it can go and what this means. I know a little bit about the plans, which we'll come on to to in a minute. But tell us why the funding, and then tell us what it means alongside that as well. Yeah, so um, just a month or two ago, we closed a Series A funding round for ten million US dollars, uh, led by Queensland Investment Corporation, a very sort of prestigious investment group out there in Australia. Um, interestingly, we were a sustainable business before that. Yeah, we didn't have cash burn. You know, we didn't we didn't have to fund. And actually, we were having conversations. Which is the best way. So yeah, well done, so. I think we're all we've all come from investment management, so we're quite strategic. You know, we're not sort of short short sharp thinkers, but. Um, you know, we were thinking, well, should it be more? We wanted to fund because we wanted to accelerate. We wanted to accelerate the development and the expansion. And, and this really came off the back of these, these big client wins. So here in the UK, we work with groups like University Superannuation Scheme. They're the biggest pension fund in the market. Mm. Legal and general investment management client. We started working with um, about nine months or so ago. They're the biggest asset manager in the UK, mm. for instance. So we had this real proof Know, of the product and confidence, you know, we want to now accelerate the development in the technology, which for our clients is fantastic because you know th- they've been the early adopters. Mm. They have a very strong seat at the table in terms of influencing our product roadmap. And I guess we can now put more of that to work or more of those ideas to work to mm. really develop and develop the product and take it to the next level. Talk, talk to me about that because I think that's really interesting. I want to put on that thread where, you, where you're talking about their input into the development of the product because quite often it's uh, this is what we do, we'll tell you what you want, we're the experts, etc. etc. It sounds like you're flipping that narrative on, on its head a little bit, which I think is exactly the right way to go. And I think there's a lot of businesses I've been talking to that have, have increasingly had 
founders who come from product management backgrounds who are thinking like that naturally. So their their route to it is, you know, in product management is let's find out what the you know the customer needs and then and it sounds obvious, doesn't it? But I think there's a really important bit that you just mentioned there about you know the why and what it can do for it. So how do people have that input into your your strategy? Well, all our clients um, we have a really close collaboration with. So we would normally even after the onboarding we'd normally be having discussions with them at minimum once a month, and those discussions kind of might start quite high level. You know, what's going on in your business. Um, how are they going with using the platform? We'll sort of educate them on anything new and interesting that we think you know, could be relevant. Um, but we use those forums to also try and solicit feedback. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, it does work two ways as well. Like we sometimes will get a list of, oh, what about this, this, and this, and this? And mm. so we need to try and interrogate that and try and work out, well, what's, what's really most important there? Well, sometimes it might be that as we explore it more with the client, we discover that actually it was a different problem that we think needs needs solving mm. so we try and do that collaboratively i love that i think it's such an important part to, to that that's partnership as opposed to you know, sort of, uh, you know master servant which is quite often in that sort of world isn't it the other side of growth obviously is saying right you, you're, you're there and it's the the sort of uh point there where it's been a good sustainable business with a good strong foundation that could keep on going but now it's time to accelerate i know that means people uh, and it means the growth of the, of, of the business around this as well and speaking to you, there's a lot that excites me about the business and, and it, for it to be a company to represent, for us to represent as, as, uh, as recruiters in the day job. I love working with companies where you can get excited about it. I've spoken about some of the examples in the past of where we've grown with businesses and seen that sort of acceleration. So I want to talk about something which I've been talking a lot about recently to a lot of different companies, which is what makes it a great workplace. Um, and I think it's it's a really interesting uh play at the moment in that we're still in a super competitive world for, for tech talent, for um, salespeople, you know, the best people should be in demand and have multiple offers on the table, which means that as employers, we've got to be really, really good at being able to say, this is what we're doing to look after you. This is why it's a great uh, space. Now, I think the sort of size and scale and opportunity and the market share and, and the space that you're in, plus have a really strong proof of concept as a business and yet such a large marketplace to move into makes it super, super exciting. But I want to hear from you. Tell me about what makes it such a, a special place to, you know, to work at the moment and, and such, a, such a great opportunity. I think what's good about working at Jacoby right now is every individual is very close to the client and feels the impact of their work. So a couple of examples would be, you know, we brought on someone as a software engineer, Java developer recently, and he came across from, I won't say the name, but one of the huge Silicon Valley tech trillion dollar firms, um, you know, real talent. But in his role previously, you know, he was just a cog in a very complex machine and he wanted to sort of feel the fruits of his labor more. And that same chap today is now developing the Jacobi platform, taking it further and further, but he's actually speaking to these big investment groups face-to-face -face mm. and speaking to his equivalents as in tech experts, but also non-tech experts. And so I think for him, that's been a real breath of fresh air. He feels like he's adding huge amounts of value and he can see the value of that. And then another example is, um, you know, we bring on investment engineers, um, both senior as well as juniors. So we've been sort of trying to cultivate, I guess, the next generation of, of quants and investment engineers. So we bring on smart mathematicians, those, those types of, of folks. One chap that we brought on recently, uh, about a year or so ago, fast forward to today, he's, he's a year in. 
He's developing all these different tools for some of the biggest investment groups around the world. He's on those calls with those clients mm. on a weekly basis. Mm. And I know for a fact that that sort of position in other places, you know, you wouldn't be speaking to a client for you know, 10 years. Yeah. I mean, we, that's not to say we throw everyone out to, you know, we want to make sure we put our best forward, foot forward with all our clients. But, but it's the opportunity. Exactly. Right? Yeah. If, these, if these people prove themselves, which they do, you know, they enjoy working there, and we want to give them that exposure, which then just spirals, really snowballs, and leads to the further development for them. This is this is this is a breath of fresh air for me because I think there's so many conversations that people and, and look, we 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 um, speak to people all the time about their things, and we, we make awards for great workplaces, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And traditionally, I've seen over the last three four years that definition of a great workplace has really changed um, quite sizably. And I think actually it's it's reverting now to what really makes a, a workplace great. Now, I think that's about having a winning culture and a winning environment, and and you know that's about making sure you've got a, a business there that's succeeding, that's growing, that's got potential to grow even further, and, and all the signs and evidence is there, you know, from everything we've spoken about so far for that to be the case. But then it's about how can I maximise my ten- potential? How can I become really good at what I'm doing? How can I be developing and pushing myself out of my comfort zone all the time, and having the support and the backing and the trust to be able to do that? Now, when we spoke, I'm glad you said exactly what we've spoken about there because a few weeks ago we were talking about the same thing and I was really inspired from that conversation about the faith and the trust you put into people to say, right, come out there and, and create your pathway and be trusted because I think there's so many different companies where people just get lost in the ether and stay in their lane and say, that's what you do because that's your position or your level of experience. And you've got cracking examples of people who've, not just come in or come in to do a job, but also being trusted and elevated and moving themselves further forward as well. And that to me is the crux of what really makes a, you know, a business exciting to work to work for. So when we were chatting uh, about the business and what's exciting about, about where it goes, great product, market that needs the product, size and scale for, for, for growth, strong backing from, you know, from companies that, that believe in it, great leadership team who, who've been around and know what they're talking about, and then a place there where you can get that action and that, an opportunity to, to move and, and create your career within it as well. So when can I start? <laughs> I'll, I'll send you the offer tomorrow. Yeah. It's, uh, no, it's, it's, gen- it's genuinely really brilliant to, to hear that. And, and uh, yeah, we're, we're really enjoying working with you and, and being able to help on that journey. So speaking of the journey, let's move on to, to, to what it looks like. So we're moving, you know, we're, 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 this will be out towards the end of, um, of 2022. Um, we're October at the, at the moment, um, and 2023 is fast upon us. Um, kids are knocking off the days now to Christmas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and 2023 is is a year where there's going to be, you know, one thing's for sure in 2023 is volatility will have something <laughs> something to do with it. And as you've proven before, volatility creates opportunity and opportunity to do things better. So my guess would be that that 2023 for you is about ambition and opportunity and and continued growth and all those sort of things uh, irrespective of macroeconomic conditions so tell us what we can expect to see what's exciting for you in in the year ahead yeah well i think as a result of that funding we're basically doubling our headcount over the next year or so the structure's in place broadly um so that means we're going to be expanding the product engineering kind of function so mix of sort of software engineers quantitative engineers um, also expanding, I guess, the product element, you know, how we sort of define the product, how we develop the product and, and take that to market. And then lastly, the, the distribution side. And I'd say the distribution side 
um, you know, something we do increasingly look at is around sort of partnerships and integrations because that has a, then a, a playback into the product and how suitable it can be for our for our um, clients and, and future clients. In terms of future clients, yeah, people who are watching this at the moment and are saying, Do you know, I, I, that resonates with me. I can see that problem. I have it in my business at the moment. I've been waiting for this answer. Um, who should who should be reaching out to you at the moment? Well, I mean. You certainly reach out to myself. I'm on, on LinkedIn, and uh, I think uh, my email might even be on the website. But yeah, you can come through on our on our um, website. You can sort of access a, a little form to get in contact. But we're more than happy to have whether it be formal or informal conversations. Often, often we've been used as a bit of a um, what's the word? A bit of a party trick where we get you know brought into big investment groups where they want to just look at some new technologies just to throw a few ideas out there. And we're more than happy to to be involved in that, even if it doesn't necessarily lead to Jacoby being the right fit for them. Yeah. I think it's so important, isn't it, just to sort of be there and, and uh, be able to give the honest advice. I think there's so many people who are just trying to engineer problems for, so they can provide the solution, when actually it's about, let's see if we are the right sort of fit, and if we yeah. do, if it's us, then great, if not, then we've had a good conversation, and that can lead on to stuff when the time's right for, you know, for, for down the line. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna finish with a with a quick question, which is which is away from the company, but more about uh, what we're seeing. I mentioned volatility earlier on, and uh, I'm interested to speak to people right now at the end of this year, where we're where we're starting to look ahead and thinking what lies ahead. So crystal ball sort of things. What do you expect to see? What's your outlook on on the financial technology space, and what some of the exciting things that we could be looking forward to in, in the year ahead being? I think it's only just begun. I think. You know, Financial technology or investment technology is still maybe a decade behind maybe other industries. Mm. So I think, and I think that the investment management industries under acute pressure, uh, they've had a good time for, for a couple of decades in high margin businesses, but there's huge pressure kind of bubbling there. So I, I think we're just going to start to see an acceleration in, in the adoption of some of these newer technologies. I think bold decisions kind of have to be made. It's kind of getting to crunch time in a lot of these organisations. And for us as a company, I think that's, you know, we're playing into that trend ultimately. Yeah. Well, look, well positioned. Timing's everything, isn't it? Yeah. Kirst, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for uh, for telling the story. Um, I'm genuinely excited about the business and uh, and looking forward to seeing it continue to rise and rise. Uh, love the fact of, of, of where it's come from, where it's heading. Uh, and I've got a good feeling about you guys. So thanks for coming on the show and sharing the story today. Thanks for having me, Toby. Good to see you. Cheers. And thank you all for watching. We'll see you soon on our episode of FinTech Focus TV. Thanks a lot.